Hey, welcome to another edition of the First Draft Podcast. You know the drill. Field Yates joined every Tuesday right around 4 p.m. Eastern time by the great Mel Kuyper Jr. Hello, Mel. Hello, Field Todd. Great to be with you. And of course, his running mate, Todd McShay. Todd, 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 what's going on? He gets great and I get running mate. I got it. Oh, right. man, that was a bad choice of words <laughs> by me. The incomparable Very Todd McShay. Very sensitive at his young age. No, 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 no. I, I just got to make sure, that, you know, Todd and I, we got a lot in common. So I want to make sure people don't think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing favorites there with Todd because we have so much that we share, uh, not just our roots in Massachusetts, but Nantucket love and all those things. So I want to make sure that there's a little bit of a level playing field here on the first all right, round. You bailed yourself out. I'm working on it. So we've got um, – a fun show ahead. It's not just going to be some Sam Darnold talk, and there will be some Sam Darnold talk right off the top. But also, we're going to do an exercise where Mel and Todd are each going to draft the team. So 22 total players, 11 starters on offense, 11 starters on defense. We're going to have them go back and forth. So one Todd or Mel will start, and the other will go from there. We'll have some fun seeing how they view the top 44 players on the board through this construct. But let's start with the Sam Darnold trade. And I did see Mel's reaction on Get Up earlier Tuesday. Mel, uh, Sam Darnold goes to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a six-round pick in 2021, plus a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick in 2022. How did the Panthers do in this transaction? They did really well. Maybe they gave up a little more than they wanted to, uh, you know, and I think that's because they were kind of desperate for a quarterback. This long in the process, it kind of the well was willing, was basically drying up at quarterback. You didn't even know at eight if there would be a quarterback still there for you. There's no guarantees. Maybe the quarterbacks that they love were already locked in the team with Wilson at two and Mac Jones at three and maybe a quarterback at four. With that said, uh, to get Sam Darnold, 23 years of age, in a division with Matt Ryan being 36 and the Saints figuring it out after Drew Brees and Tom Brady not being able to play forever, I think it's a great move. Uh, yeah, I was you know, not as high on Sam as Todd was, but I like Sam coming out. I'm right behind Josh Allen. Nothing has changed. I mean, you know, what did he do wrong? I mean, yeah, he made some mistakes. He saw ghosts since New England. If you take the New England game out, he played pretty well that year. He finished strong all three years. When you look at the numbers, he showed he can play in this league. Uh, the players around him, I think, respected what he brought to the table at the quarterback position. So if I'm Carolina, waiting it out, being patient at least. Maybe they did pay a little more, but I think in the end of the day, it's an A-plus for me. Yeah, I, I give Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, a lot of credit too for being patient. You just mentioned patience, it, seeing where the market flowed, seeing San Francisco moving up from 12 to three to go, to go get a, a quarterback. Presumably we all think Mac Jones, or it could be Trey Lance from, from North Dakota state, but ultimately Joe Douglas waited. He wanted to scout these quarterbacks, get to talk to them, get to know their, them and their families and go to the, all the pro days and be around these guys before he made an ultimate decision to move Sam Darnold. And now they have, the Jets do, seven picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts and 10 picks in the first three rounds of the next two drafts. So they're in position after, again, presumably that they're going to wind up taking Zach Wilson from BYU as a quarterback of the future at that number two overall pick. They've got nine more picks in the first three rounds of this year's draft and next year's draft to put guys around them. And that's what this the prior organization didn't do. They didn't ever get great weapons, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs. They didn't keep guys there. And, and they did, really didn't have any consistency. And knowing Joe as well as I do, having grown up under Ozzie Newsom in, in the scouting world, if you will, and, and just knowing how Ozzie handled everything, it was always patience, 
taking advantage of teams that were desperate for players, like Carolina was desperate for a quarterback, and then drafting guys and building a foundation with high character, guys that love football, that play hard, and that's exactly what Joe Douglas is going to do. And now he's in position to do it over the course of the next two drafts. So, Mel, I do believe, as Todd is saying, the Jets are well-positioned to not just draft a quarterback but surround him with talent. I think one of the interesting questions that I'm asking, and I'd be curious your opinion, is do you think Carolina was motivated to acquire Sam Darnold because they didn't believe that any of the five presumptive top quarterbacks would be there at pick eight and they couldn't find a package to move up? Or do you think it's possible that as the winds are currently blowing in the direction of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones going one, two, three, that they believe Sam Darnold is a better prospect for them now and going forward than both Justin Fields and Trey Lance? A couple things, Field. I think, first of all, I think with the player they targeted would have been Deshaun Watson. Had everything right. not been complicated, obviously, with the, the off-the-field situation that Deshaun Watson's dealing with right now. Then you go to Russell Wilson. Well, he wanted to go to four teams. Carolina wasn't one of those. So I think they really wanted to get the immediate franchise quarterback that could take us to great heights. Didn't work out that way. Then you go to, okay, the draft. Well, one's Trevor, two is Zach, and three is Mac. So they had Mac Jones at the senior bowl. I really, in mock 3.0, I had Carolina going up to three to get, get a quarterback, Justin Fields. Now they could have gone up to get Mac Jones. They didn't make that move. The 49ers made that move. So for me right now at eight, the quarterback that they love may have been gone. They have been already accounted for. And they felt like Sam Darnold, if you put him, I've said this, Todd, you can you know, chime in what you think. You put him in this draft, he's my second highest rated player after Trevor Lawrence. So, and, and it's 23 years of age. So he actually could be in this draft because he's the same age as Kyle Trask and is a quarterback in this draft older than Sam Darnold. So for me, Sam, he already went through the trials and tribulations. You know, and they all say to me, I mean, Troy Aikman has said it. Peyton Manning has said it. When you get beat up, you throw interceptions, you make mistakes, you learn, you need that. Sam Darnold has had that, and through no fault of his own, you know, coaching, personnel around him, he is where he is right now. So you always say, hey, you know, you appreciate things more when they're gone. Sometimes you don't appreciate what you have. You're always looking for something better, the next best thing, which you haven't seen yet. I don't know if that's the case here, but I'll tell you what. They didn't get one of the four receivers. They could have moved down, kept Sam Darnold, moved down, got some picks, and still gotten one of those receivers. They didn't get that. So that's the negative of this deal for the Jets. Uh, but the positive is Zach Wilson and that arm, and that arm talent. And now all of a sudden, boy, you talk about pressure because they're going to have the picks, and they're going to get the personnel built up, and Sam's going to be in Carolina. And those four receivers are going to be doing their thing. You better have. You better have a tremendous quarterback coming up in Zach Wilson. Yeah, and I talked to Matt Rule at the Senior Bowl, and he said specifically, we lost eight games by one score, and we just need a guy in the fourth quarter who can go make that drive. And I think Sam Darnold now leaving the Jets, getting a fresh start with better weapons, a better supporting cast, a better defense to put him in, in stronger positions on the field, gives him an opportunity to, to have the success that, that I thought, and, and I know you thought, Mel, coming out of USC that he was going to have in the league. He just didn't have that with the Jets. So this is an organization in Carolina that's picking at eight, and they knew that they weren't going to get the, the top three quarterbacks after San Fran moved up to that number three spot, and maybe not one of the top four quarterbacks. And they went with a, a better prospect, if you will, in Sam Darnold than what they could have gotten as the fourth or fifth best quarterback 
in this year's class. So it makes all the sense in the world. I think the Jets are winners because they get additional picks and they're trying to rebuild their organization from the draft. And Carolina gets a quarterback that can actually, in the fourth quarter, get those drives done, you know, and, and putting them in a better situation to succeed. I think it's, it's a win-win for both of these teams. Well, if nothing else, Sam Darnold is in a much better spot to succeed. As you guys have alluded to, the weapons he has around him in Carolina, much, much better. And that doesn't even include whatever they could do at pick eight, whether a Devontae Smith or maybe a Kyle Pitts or Panay Sewell is sitting there at pick eight for Carolina. That offense could be really good in a hurry. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, we're going to get now to what we're calling our Kuiper and McShea NFL Draft <laughs> Prospect Super Teams. I mentioned off the top, here's how it works. So I'm going to flip a coin. I arbitrarily just landed on Todd McShay. So Todd, 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 you get the first pick in the draft. We're doing 44 selections. So we'll go back and forth. You pick 22 starters. You're not drafting five quarterbacks. Only two will go in this exercise. But we're going to go back and forth and see how these two teams shape up. So, Todd, you have the honors. Um, who would you like to take first overall in the super draft prospect team, whatever you're calling that exercise? <laughs> I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, and it's a no-brainer. The Clemson quarterback, to me, he's the best player in this draft. And to be honest with you, Kuiper, I don't know that, you know, of your – your other picks the rest of the way. I don't know that you can beat me now. I mean, I've got the best quarterback in this draft and, and you're stuck. And I know what you're going to do. You're going to pull a Kuiper stunt and you're not going to draft a quarterback till the very end because I can't draft two quarterbacks based on the rules of this whole thing. So you're going to take your quarterback, whoever that is, probably with the very last pick of this draft. And that's fine. It's a classic Kuiper stunt though. And I'm just, I'm interested to see where you go from here, but I'm not that worried because I've got Trevor Lawrence, the best player in the draft and the most important position. I would just call it outstanding strategy. That's the way I would define it. But let's okay. go, Field. Let's go. I got my pick. Okay. Coming. Uh, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. I'm going to stay true to my board. He's the second highest rated player. He's a tight end, wide receiver, do everything. I'm going to get my quarterback a better receiving entity than anybody you'll find in this draft. And any draft coming up in the next five to ten years, I'll go Kyle Pitts. And not only are you getting the second best player on your board, Mel, there's a pretty good case that the gap between Kyle Pitts and the number two tight end is as large as any position gap that you'll see in the yep. draft this year. Todd, right back to you, pick three. Yeah, it was a good pick, Kuiper. I'll give you that. But I'm going to take – if it, if 1A is, is Kyle Pitts, I'm going to take 1B and Jamar Chase from LSU. You know, he, he opted out this past season. But you go back to the 2019 tape, and that's what I had to do after watching Devontae Smith from Alabama – have the best year I can remember from any receiver in, in a single season. But Jamar Chase, he set single season records for receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in 2019 when he had Joe Burrow there. Opted out, as I said, uh, this past season. But this guy, he's over six foot. He's over 200 pounds. He's physical. He's great after the catch, great on contested catches. And he's got that vertical speed with that 4 3 8 40 yard dash. 
So now I've got the best quarterback in this draft and the best wide receiver in this draft. So I wish a lot of luck to you, Kite. Man, well, I'm that's the go first the one guy. off the board. How long until the next one comes off the board? Probably the next question. I got. I'm getting the best receiver. I'm getting my third highest rated player. I'm getting a guy. That, I'm getting a guy that didn't do it, Todd, for one year, like Jamar Chase did one year. I'm getting a guy who did it for four years in the same conference. I'm going to go Devontae Smith, probably the most underrated player in this draft. I'm hearing wow. people thinking somebody the third receiver taken, middle of the first round in New England. Uh, yeah, okay. If he's the next Marvin Harrison, I'll take it. I'll take the next Marvin Harrison. I'm happy to take him with pick number four in this draft. I'll go. So now I got Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith. Good luck covering my guys, Todd. Yeah, we might have a 75-72 final score between these two teams based <laughs> off how things are shaping up so far, Todd. All right, so I have the best quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I've got the best wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Now I'm going to take the top offensive tackle to protect my franchise investment in, in Trevor Lawrence, and that's going to be Panay Sewell the offensive tackle from Oregon, who's 330 pounds. Again, another opt-out guy this past year. The, t- the top two offensive tackles, he and Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, both opted out. But we saw what we needed to see from both of them in 2019. He's, Sewell is 330 pounds. He's physical. He can move you in the run game. He's, it's a $20 cab ride to get around him in, in terms of pass protection. So I, I, I love having Sewell, Lawrence, and the best receiver in this class in Jamar Chase. I love that line, by the way. Make sure that makes it into the draft broadcast somehow. Who do you got next? No doubt. Mel, at pick number six. Pulling out the old draft cliches, Todd McShay is. Okay. I I created that that one, brother. I like that. I like that. That was a long, (laughs) long time ago. But I'll go long before you were born, Todd. But I'm going to go go to another wide uh, slot receiver punt returner. Because I'm going to have uncoverable players. I don't care who you have. You can bring Deion Sanders back in his prime. You're not covering Jalen Waddell with Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts. I'm going to take Jalen Waddell, who is number five. So I got the second, third, and fifth best players right now on my board and those guys. They're hunting yeah, for value there, you man. believe you're bored. Jeez, by the way, somewhere. Oh, you like my guys? Shit. You like Jalen? I like I like Jalen. I just I would rather have the number one receiver, the number one tackle, and the number who one number quarterback. One? Just, who says Chase is number one? He hadn't played in a couple. Me, years. I do. All right, all right. There you Next have bit, I'm sitting here thinking about. I'm thinking about Bill Belichick. I'm thinking about Todd Bowles, the Bucks defensive coordinator right now. Brandon Steele, the new Rams head coach. What are they thinking right now? New Chargers head coach. What are they thinking? All these offensive players going first, the first six picks. So Todd, you're back on the board at number seven. Who you got here? I'm going with the best defensive player in this draft, hey, Micah Parsons. Finally. Micah Parsons from, from Penn State, the linebacker. And whoever Kuiper picks a quarterback at, at 44 in this draft, <laughs> I'm going to have a player who can not only cover some of his, his tight ends, running backs, and maybe even some of his receivers, but also get after the quarterback. Mike, Micah Parsons ran a 4.38 at 246 pounds, six foot three. I mean, this guy's a freak. He's lo- like, I've stood next to him. And I, his hands are down below his knees. I mean, he can cover underneath. He can cover man-to-man. He can get after the quarterback, and he's a sideline-to-sideline run defender. I think he's one of the most un, underappreciated players in this draft because we have the five quarterbacks that we always talk about. We have the four pass catchers that we talk about in the top ten. And these, these defensive players are going to get pushed back a little bit, but I'm thrilled to get Micah Parsons. A couple of guys who have been impacted by the opt-outs will probably fall a little bit in the draft, but some of these top players, Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, and obviously Micah Parsons, three opt-outs 
who have not been impacted thus far. My team's going to be well rested. Field. That's going to after that out of shape. <laughs> one two, uh, Mel. Who do you got now? At pick eight. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of time to practice for those pro days, Todd. So um, you know, good. They did well there. They had a lot of time to get ready for a pro day, as my guy did. I'm going to go through a, an opt out as well. My first opt out. Todd's got all opt outs on his team right now, just about. But I'm going to go to Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern, because of his versatility. He can play on my team. If he shows he can be a left tackle, I'm happy to put him there. If not, he's a right tackle. He's a guard at worst. Uh, Slater, dominant player in 2019 with that dual versatility as a bookend. Uh, I got the I got a guy, may not be Penny Sewell, but he's right behind him. Another guy who had a strong pro day as well over there at Northwestern. Just two incredible athletes and offensive tackle at the very top of the board this year. Uh, Todd, you get the ninth pick. Who do you got here? Yeah, I mean, Kuiper's doing a great job of getting the second best player at every position. <laughs> I'm going to go with another first best player at his position. That's Patrick Sertan from, from Alabama. Listen, there, there are other really good corners, but he's got some wide receivers. I'll give him that. He's got some guys that can go catch, catch the ball. So I've got to get some corners that can come in and play and have versatility. Patrick Sertan, yes, he gave up a couple big plays, but when you really look at him, he plays within the constructs of his defense. He's disciplined. He's long, he's physical, and he will support versus the run. And that's why Sertan, to me, is the, the top corner in this class. Even though J.C. Horn is still on the board from South Carolina, the best pre uh, press man corner, Caleb Farley might be the best man-to-man -man cover corner, but not as physical, coming out of Virginia Tech and has the back injury. But Sertan, to me, is clearly the number one corner in this class. Our top 10 picks are about to be over. Mel, who do you got? And I'll recap where we're at through 10 picks in just a moment. Who do you got here at pick 10, Mel? Um, I got six guys right now in my top 10. Slater was at nine. I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, who played left tackle like at it. USC, uh, will be a guard in the NFL. And I think he's an ideal fit for what I'm going to try to do is get the most versatile guys that are outstanding football players, proven entities. And Vera Tucker is that guy. Uh, the way I'm going to construct this team, he'll probably be a guard. But he's the best guard in this draft, Todd, the number one guard. And I'll take Elijah Vera Tucker. All right, so we're 10 picks in. Here's how things have stacked up so far. Again, a reminder that Todd had the first pick. So he gets Trevor Lawrence. He has pass catchers in Jamar Chase to work with, or a pass catcher to work with. Penny Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon. Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. And then Patrick Sertan, the second, the cornerback from Alabama. So Todd has at least two defensive cornerstones already. Mel goes with Kyle Pitts first followed by Devontae Smith and Jalen Wiles. So it's going to be really hard to defend Mel's three-headed attack in the passing game. Rashawn Slater and Oliveira Tucker, two guys to protect Mel's quarterback, which he does not yet have, and Todd has forecasted could be picked 44th in this exercise. No question. Todd, you're back on the board. Uh, again, Mel's got a lot of firepower. Can you keep up with him is the question. Yeah, I'm going to go with another receiver so that we can keep up with him. Kadarius Toney, who mm -hmm. I think is the fourth best receiver in this class. He's not an elite route runner yet. He's going to continue to develop. But what I love about this is I've got Jamar Chase as your classic X receiver who can go work on the outside and, and run routes and get open and make the contested catches. And then you've got a, a, an offensive weapon in Tony. I mean, he is so explosive after the catch. Use him on reverses, screens, quick game. And even vertically down the field. So with Tony and Chase, I now have a, a dynamic duo, if you will, at the wide receiver position. All right, Mel, you're right back up here on the board. You have not yet picked the defensive player. I don't know how that's making you feel, but who do you got now at pick 12? Not nervous at all, Phil. Not nervous at all. I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> to a guy that uh, 
Todd's going to scream at me about, but that's okay. Uh, that I really grew to really uh, appreciate his uh, season he had. He had a great pro day, which uh, you know kind of worked out when you saw on tape equal, which you saw at his pro day. I'm going to go with Jamin Davis, linebacker from Kentucky, who I have right now at 14 on the big board. Todd get the, did get the best defensive player, Micah Parsons, but he was at 11. Now I get the 14th best player in Jamin Davis, a versatile linebacker, another versatile player out of Kentucky. Yeah, and you mentioned it, Mel. I understand that the tape is what matters most. But the pro day was ridiculous for Jamin Davis, who just I know that we don't judge players based off like how much they resemble a statue. But the dude is freaking cut. He is ripped. He is physically impressive. That much is for sure on Jamin Davis. And he can really play as well. So 15th pick goes to 13th pick goes to you, I should say. Todd McShay, where are you at now? Yeah, I'm, listen, I love Jamin Davis, and, and Kuiper didn't even know about him before I mentioned him to him. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the second best. Now I respect your opinion, pal. The two, the two, I appreciate that cut. I have the two best linebackers now in this class, and I've got versatility all over the board. Micah Parsons, and now I'm taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from, from Notre Dame, who's about 220 pounds, somewhere in that range. He's that overhang that you need in order to, to match up against you know bigger tight ends in the, that are flexed out, some slot receivers. He can rush the quarterback a little bit, but what he really does best is cover and play sideline to sideline. So you can't find two better linebackers in this year's class, class with Parsons and Owusu-Koromoa. Yeah, more defense, finally, which is good. We're starting to see a little bit of a defensive run here. Owusu-Koromoa, as we know, had an incredible career there at Notre Dame, uh, included the great final season there where they reached the college football playoffs. So, Mel, you're back on the board. A few defensive players for you in recent picks. How about now at pick 14? Going to go to the highest rated player right now because of another situation that obviously affects the player, which I'll get to in a, probably a little later. But I'm going to go Quiddy Pay, okay, defensive end from Michigan, uh, who's got the pass rush potential, plays hard, freakish talent, coached up in the NFL. He could be a 10 to 12 sack a year guy. At worst, he's a six to eight sack a year, a year guy. He's going to give you everything he has, play the run. I think, uh, I think it gives you some versatility as well. I'll go Quiddy Pay, defensive end, Michigan. He's a great story as well. Michigan's had a couple of players, pass rushers, that have been drafted in the top three rounds over the past couple of years. Chase Winovich and Josh Uche, I guess both Patriots. Maybe Quiddy Pay is bound for the Patriots based off of that <laughs> trend. Uh, Todd, who do you have now at pick 15? I'm going with the, the next best corner in this class because Kuiper, you know, Kuiper's got Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. He's got Kyle Pitts. I got to be able to cover these guys. So I'm going with the best press man corner in the class, in J.C. Horn from South Carolina. And just watch him. I love how long he is, how physical he is, rerouting uh, wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, and how competitive he is. This guy loves ball. He loves being out there. He loves to, you know, chase down players from behind. He, he does everything that you look for in a defensive player from an effort standpoint. And he's supremely gifted as well. So now I've got Sertan. And J.C. Horn is my, my outside corners and guys that can really get physical with you. All right, so Mel, you're on the board here. You have gone defense recently. Can you keep that run going? Or are you going to find yet another explosive playmaker on offense? Good pick by McShay. Just stole the guy I was going to take in J.C. Horn. So I, yeah, I'm going I'm to get a guy, though, I think I can match that with. But I'm a little disappointed I didn't get Horn. But I'm going to get a guy <laughs> who I think is the best pass rusher in this draft. Hoodie Pay could be really good. This guy, Jalen Phillips from Miami, had a great year, formerly yeah. of UCLA. He played up or down, had a phenomenal pro day, an unbelievable pro day. 
and on the heels of a productive year getting after the quarterback. As I say, strong argument. I think a, def a definitive argument can be made he's the best pass rusher in this draft, and he has the versatility I love. I'll go with Jalen Phillips, line outside linebacker slash defensive end from Miami. Yeah, Miami has a few pass rushers, a few defensive players, I should say, in this draft that will hear their name call. So, Todd, where are you at on pick number 17? I'm going back to Miami, South Florida, babe. Gregory Rousseau, 15 and a half sacks he had in 2019. He opted out this past year. I wish he played. I wanted to see him continue to develop. But, well, you know, Phillips, who Mel just took, is a power player. And I love him. I think he's, he's going to be a really good pro. He's got speed to power moves. He can drive offensive linemen back. Rousseau's more of the athlete. He's got bend and flexibility, really good closing burst. And, and with the 15 and a half sacks two years ago, you could see him as a finisher. So now I've, I've, I've brought in that defensive end in front of the two linebackers that I have and the two corners that I, that I have on the perimeter. Yeah, and Rousseau was a guy that uh, came down to the Senior Bowl, even though he was not playing in the game. So good to see him sort of involve himself in the pre-draft process. Another guy that you just see him, he looks like an absolute machine on the football field. Mm -hmm. So, Mel, uh, you have taken no cornerbacks to this point. I don't believe any defensive backs, uh, no quarterback as well. Where do you go at pick number seven, uh, 18? Yeah, I'm going to go to the cornerback that would have been probably picked a lot earlier. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice on Caleb Farley staying healthy. I know there's a durability concern with the back surgery. I get it, but I love his length, former wide receiver, former quarterback in high school who has had an ACL and two back surgeries, but talented football player. He'll be ready to go for training camp. Uh, I get the length. I get the ball skills. I get a cover guy to match up against Jamar Chase. I'll take Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Man, I hope he doesn't fall too far. And 18, obviously, is not too far of a fall. He's such a gifted, smooth mm -hmm. player, Todd, that uh, I, I understand there's a back concern right now. But uh, by all accounts, he sounds like he'll be ready for the start of training camp. Uh, you're on the board here uh, at number 19. Which direction are you going? Yeah, I'm going to feel I'm going to play a, a hybrid 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. Okay. And this that guy's going to allow me to do that. Because I've, I've already got Micah Parsons at, at linebacker. He's going to be kind of my mic then I've got the, the Will linebacker and, and Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo from, from Notre Dame. And now I'm bringing in an edge rusher, an Aziz Ojolari from, from Georgia, who is just scratching the surface, in my opinion, in terms of what he can be as a pass rusher. But he has such a great uh, dip and rip move. He gets around blockers. He has speed to finish and close. And he's going to be the guy that's going to be our primary pass rusher. And we can use him, as again, as a 3-4 outside linebacker or as a 4-3 right defensive end. Definitely has some unique physical traits coming off the edge. So, Mel, uh, Todd's got a bunch of guys that can blitz you, pressure you from a couple different directions. You've gone heavy on the offensive line so far. Where do you go at pick number 20? I'm going to go with Christian Darasol, uh, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. What I love about him is left tackle, and he more than held his own. He did a really good job this year. Could be also be a right tackle, and I already have – uh, Slater from Northwestern. So I'm getting Darisol, who's 23 on the big board, to be a guy. If he Slater and Darisol can figure it out who's the left tackle, the other guy's the right tackle. To me, I got bookends and I got what I need moving forward at offensive tackle. So I'm happy to get Christian Darisol at this point in this draft. All right. So let's recap the last 10 picks. Again, now we're almost halfway through this exercise. So 11 is Kadarius Tony, the Florida wide receiver to Todd, who continues with Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa followed by South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn, Miami defensive end Greg Rousseau, and then Georgia outside linebacker in Todd's scheme, Aziz Ojulare. 
Uh, Mel follows through or follows in, I should say, with Jameen Davis at pick number 12. Quiddy Pay from Michigan at pick number 14. Jalen Phillips, another one of the Miami pass rushers, goes 16. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech and Christian Darisaw, also from Virginia Tech. So Mel has at least three-fifths of his offensive line figured out. Uh, Todd, still no tight end for you, for example, no safeties off the board yet. What direction are you going here at pick number 21? Yeah, I've really been focusing on the defense to try to cover up Mel's guys in terms of the, the tight end and the two wide receivers that he has and get some pass rush pressure on whoever he's going to pick at quarterback at 44 overall, Kuiper. But here I'm going to go back to the <laughs> offensive side. Najee Harris from Alabama, he's going to be my pounder. He's a guy who can protect my quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He had a monster year this past season with Steve Sarkeesian getting him more involved in the passing game. And as a 235-pound back, he finally ran like a 235-pound back as a senior. He was more physical. He was more aggressive as a runner. And it was not the dancing that you saw a lot in his first three years. It was just getting north and south and picking up yards after contact. And that's why I think Najee is the best back in this year's class, even though there are some other good backs, including Travis Etienne from Clemson. Mel, I know you don't pick running backs in the first round if you have it your way. I don't know that we necessarily have rounds in this thing that we are doing right now, but you'll have to go running back eventually. We'll see where you end up at that position. But who do you have at number 22 as we make it to the halfway point of our draft? I'm going to go with the best safety in the draft, which is Trayvon Merrick out of TCU. Has the range, has certainly the athleticism to be a guy I think can handle today's NFL with all the demands on a safety. Uh, so I get the best safety to go along with Caleb Farley. So now I get the big corner. I got the best safety. Now I'm doing some things to help that secondary. So I'm happy with that pick at this point. I thought he would have gone, gone maybe a little bit earlier, but I'll take the best safety in this draft. Yeah, he is such a unique center fielder for that TCU defense. Uh, they've produced some good defensive players there that have gone in the first round in recent years. Let's see if uh, Trayvon Mary can also join that company. So, Todd, you have 23 now overall. We get to the second half of our super prospect draft teams. I'm butchering that name every time that I say it, but which direction are you going to go here? Yeah, I was actually pissed that Kuiper wound <laughs> up taking my player. Merrick is, Merrick is one of the best players in this draft, and he's, he's going to wind up falling in this range just because of all the quarterbacks and receivers and offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but Merrick's a, a really good player and can do a lot of different things for you in the secondary. So I'm going to swap back over to the offensive side. Tevin Jenkins, the right tackle from Oklahoma State. So now I've, I've got Penny Sewell, who's your classic left tackle. He's, he's a big guy, long, hard to get around, good feet. And then you've got Jenkins, who is your classic right tackle, powerful guy. When we want to run the football and we have Najee Harris as a 235-pound back, we're going to run behind Jenkins, and he's, a, he's a, a body mover. He pushes the pile. He drives defensive linemen off the line of scrimmage, and I, I think he's going to be a, a welcome addition to this club. We move forward here to pick number 24, Mel. Which direction are you going to go? I want a great anchor. I want a guy that's going to be you know, playing a long time on my offensive line, being a leader, an inspirational guy, great energy can play guard as well, but I like the versatility, but he's going to, he's going to anchor this offensive line that I'm putting together. He's coming back from a knee uh, injury. Uh, didn't play in the final two games, but it was out there basically a coach on the field in the senior bowl practices. I'm going to go Landon Dickerson, a center from Alabama. 
I absolutely love the personality. Obviously, we love the player as well, but Landon Dickerson, a guy that somehow, if it's possible to maybe fortify or even improve your stock while recovering from an ACL tear, Landon Dickerson has done that. Todd, you are now back on the board of pick number 25. We've already had like five Alabama players go off the board, by the way. It has been an Alabama heavy draft up to this point. Yeah, Kuiper's, Kuiper's team's going to be injured all the time. I mean, you got Caleb Farley <laughs> coming off the back injury. Landon Dickerson, who was injured all four years of his career at Florida State and Alabama. But I'm going to go with the, the guy he went up against in practice a lot, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, who's quick off the ball, played his best football in the college football playoff, and really started to ascend as the second half of the season came on. I think he's going to continue to get better and better. And he's going to be that inside disruptor as a 4-3 nose tackle or, or even as a three technique, however you want to utilize him. But he, he is quick off the ball and he's explosive. All right. So uh, Christian Barmore, who, you know, is he the kind of player, uh, Todd, I'll ask you, is he the kind of defensive tackle that can play enough, like a high enough percentage of the snaps? Because we've seen some of these defense tackles go in the first round that have ended up being sort of, you know, first and down or first and second down, whatever you want to call the traditional yep. rundown stuffers, as opposed to guys that can be on the field for, I'm not saying he needs to be Aaron Donald, but can he be a guy that can play 75, 80% of the snaps in your Yeah, opinion? absolutely. That's who he is. I mean, no one's Aaron Donald, as you mentioned, but, yep. but he's, he's a guy that is a three down player because he, he can rush the quarterback and he's also disruptive versus, versus the run. All right. So moving forward to pick number 26, Mel, you're back on the board. Yeah, I love a versatile linebacker who has the length. And that's the one thing that's important at linebacker. Be disruptive with your length, backing down passes, getting in those throwing lanes. I'm going to go Zabin Collins from Tulsa. Just a really solid, reliable, dependable football player. Todd's point about injuries, they don't always correlate. You know, guys can get hurt in college, never get hurt in the NFL. Guys can be healthy in college, get in the NFL. It's unfortunately a game of injuries. Don't get sensitive, Kuiper. What's that? Don't get sensitive. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just defending my position here. But I'm going to go Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, with this particular pick. Zayvon Collins, another guy. Again, we keep talking about players. Maybe they've all had good pro days, and maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's not. But uh, Zayvon Collins go has another good pro day, or has a good pro day, I should say. Uh, so we have him going 26th. Todd, you are back on the board here at pick number 26. And by the way, I did crack five flat at my pro day, just to let you guys know. Did you, Mal? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't 4-7. Not like a lot. Not. Any hamstrings? Four nine eight, be exact. Look at that! I love it. How many bench press reps? Oh, I can do that. Two. <laughs> that's my. That's my. That's my forte. <laughs> uh, Twenty-seven bench press reps. There you go. I love it. And Todd, how about you? Number twenty-seven. I guess right, I'm going bench press reps. Oh, geez, like four. Uh, I'm going Terrace good. Marshall, the <laughs> the LSU wide receiver. This is where I'm going to cause Kuiper problems because I've got the best quarterback in, in Trevor Lawrence. Yep. I've got the best wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Now I've got his teammate who's 6'4", 200 pounds, and Kadarius Tony from Florida, who's kind of my versatile weapon that I can move around. So I've got two perimeter guys and Tony who can, who can do it all. And Marshall, to me, when you watch the LSU tape, he's 6'4", 200, and his acceleration is rare for a guy who's that long. He gets off the line so quickly, he causes corners so, so much trouble in terms of how fast he can – get to that top speed, and then his height and length and, and you know, catch radius that he has. I, I think that this combination now with Chase, Marshall, and Tony is, is going to be unique. 
you know, it's hard, especially it's easy to overlook some of the performances of LSU players in 2019, because like literally every offensive player on that played a key role is probably going to end up on an NFL roster for some period of time. But Marshall, had 13 touchdowns back in 2019. The guy was an absolute freak playing alongside Justin Jefferson, a star already, and Jamar Chase, a yep. future star in the NFL. So, Mel, we're back to you on the board at pick number 28. That was a good pick. You know, Marshall was a really good pick. He had 13 touchdowns when Jefferson had 18 and Chase had 20. Todd Jeez. is a little generous with his heights. He's got that media guy, press guy height going there with some of these guys, but that's okay. <laughs> um, now, as far as, <laughs> as far as these safeties go, I got Tra- <laughs> I got Trayvon Merritt. <laughs> you, I just look at. I love you, man. But um, we never know what's going to come out. But Richie, I'm going to go Richie Grant from UCF. Every time I watch this football team, Richie Grant stuck out. Uh, he's an impact performer. I know Jim Nagy thinks he's the best safety in this draft. So I got my best safety. I got Nagy's best safety. I got I got two really good players, really good football players, and Trayvon Merrick and Richie Grant on the back end of my deep patrol. So I'm going to go with the – I, I, I got to doubt uh, very seriously, Todd, if you could ever match up with my safeties, uh, get anybody that's comparable. But I got the two best safeties by far in this draft. Wow, how about that? Do you feel this? Do you feel that way right now, uh, Todd? Or do you feel like maybe you can find some value a little bit later on in the draft at your safety? Yeah, I'll find some value. Don't worry. Hey, I've got the best player at basically every position outside of safety in this class, so I'm I'm really not that worried about it right and, now. And, and if I'm going to sleep well tonight. Well, if your safety issue does rear itself, then you're just keeping the game competitive based off how you're speaking about your. There's one safety against. that I like that's still out there, so we'll see if Todd uh-huh. addresses. If I love one safety still available. Okay, and uh, moving forward here to Todd, your next pick. We're getting closer to number thirty. This is number twenty-nine. I'm going Liam Liam Eichenberg, mm. the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Notre Dame going to kick again. inside. What? Stealing my guys again? Sure, fine. I mean, you stole all of mine. Jamin Davis, come on. Uh, Eichenberg, I'm going to kick inside the guard. So now I've got a left tackle in Panay Sewell, the best left tackle in the class, the best right tackle in the class in, in Tevin Jenkins. And now I've got Eichenberg, who I'm going to kick inside the guard, who's just a, a steady player, steady Eddie, strong, physical, loves the game. He's going to show up, and he's going to be available, unlike some of Kuiper's players who are battling injuries. Yeah, one of the interesting parts about this draft is having to maybe – adjust your offensive lineman a little bit, like this case of Eichenberg, who I think will probably, as you said, will be most likely a left tackle, depending on where he lands, but has the flexibility to kick inside to guard. So, Mel, you are on the board here for the final pick before we reset our last 10, 21 to 30. Yeah, I'm going to get a wide receiver triumvirate in addition to picks. (laughs) I got four now that are uncoverable. And this is a guy that going back to August, we would have said top 15 to the first round. Mm. But covid you know, the, the situation there, opting out, coming back in. It wasn't the best year possible for Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, but 2019, he was spectacular. Ran really well with his pro day. It's only 190 pounds, but he said he was never over 200 uh, in his career. So uh, yeah, I'm going to look at Rashad Bateman, a kid who really impresses me when you hear him interviewed. You know, watch him play in 2019. I kind of throw out this year. I'm really thrilled to get Rashad Bateman this late. When, like I said, going in, into the year, you've been talking probably one of the first, you know, 10 to 15 players taken. Yeah. And he's the first wide receiver off the board who, if not this year, the year before, didn't have like a great quarterback situation with him, right? I mean, LSU has multiple wide receivers off the board. They had Joe Burrow in 2019, Mac Jones and Tua and 
Also, Jalen Hurts throwing to Devontae and Jalen Waddell, Kadarius Tony playing with a guy on Kyle Trask, who could end up being a day two pick this year during uh, Tony's breakout season. So, yeah, they, they didn't feel they got Tanner Morgan, but the thing was, they they didn't, yeah, you know, when you look at Rashad, he wasn't himself this year. He was not 100%. They moved him into the slot a lot. He, he was used to playing on the perimeter. He played more in the slot, and it, it just didn't work out as well. No, he just didn't look like the same player. And he changed his number from 13 to zero. It just wasn't. And really, when you, when you look at COVID, there's some guys, you don't make excuses because it was real. What he was dealing with was real. That's why I'm factoring in 2019. And I'm throwing out 2020. Rashad Bateman, for me, one heck of a football player. So here's our roundup of picks 21 to 30. Mel goes Christian Darisoff from Virginia Tech. Trayvon Merrig from TCU, the safety. Landon Dickerson, the center from uh, Alabama. Did I skip a pick there for you? Nope, I still got that one right. Okay. Uh, Zaven Collins, inside linebacker in this case, mm-hmm. or outside linebacker from Tulsa. Richie Grant, safety from UCF. Rashad Bateman there, the mm-hmm. wide receiver from Minnesota. Meanwhile, Todd, in this order, Najee Harris is running back from Alabama, of course. Tevin Jenkins, he'll play right tackle in Todd's uh, roster in this case. Uh, Christian Barmore from uh, Alabama, big physical defensive tackle. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. And then Liam Eichenberg, who Todd mentioned, Played left tackle at Notre Dame, but we'll play left guard here under these circumstances. So now we keep things rolling here. Pick 31, Todd McShay. I'm going Boogie Basham, defensive Mm -hmm. end from Wake Forest. I'm sticking with my theme of being a hybrid front, defensive front. 3-4-4-3, we can move around. We've got Barmore, defensive tackle. We've got Aziz Ojolari from Georgia as kind of that defensive end outside linebacker. But now I need a power player, a guy who can be that left defensive end or can be a five technique. And Boogie Basham proved that he, you know, he he didn't have the stats this past year that that he had the year before, but he's productive. He plays hard. He's a power player. And I, what I love most about him, yes, he's a really good defensive end, but you can kick him inside. And we saw this at the Senior Bowl during practice, and going up against offensive guards, using that quickness and length that he has, combined with the power, he can be very effective on obvious pass downs as an inside pass rusher. Uh, there's 31, 32. Back to you, Mel Kuyper. Yeah, I need length to keep up with Todd, with Terrace Marshall Jr. and uh, and also uh, Jamar Chase. And I'm going to go here with Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. And had a lot of interceptions, but he broke up a lot of passes. Really smooth, really fluid. Uh, and I think a guy that I think technically uh, comes into the NFL ready to go as a rookie. With Caleb Farley, I got two corners that had that ability to match up against those taller receivers. I got Merrick and Granite safety as well, multi-dimensional safeties, all-around type safeties. So I love my secondary. I didn't get the maybe the, you know, on Todd's board, his number one corner, but I got two corners. That I or my number two. I, I guarantee you're in the top four corners overall. I got the two, top two safeties. I got two of the top four corners. I got the top two safeties. I'm Stop selling your control. team, Kuiper. You, you know you've gotten fleeced today. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, after last team. year, you better hope you got me this year because I destroyed you last year. But I'm, I'm oh, pretty confident on. my team will get you again. Go ahead. Maybe we can All create right. a bowl game that would uh, maybe follow the senior bowl where these two teams exactly. actually play. Yeah. So, Todd, at 33, <laughs> which direction are you going? I'm going Levi Onzerike, defensive tackle. You know, he, yeah. yeah, he. So, this, this kind of fills out my defensive front. I mentioned Ojolari is kind of that hybrid defensive end outside linebacker. I've got Barmore, defensive tackle. Anzarike matches up with him as the other defensive tackle. And then Boogie Basham from Wake Forest as the, the left defensive end power player who can kick inside on obvious pass downs. With Barmore and Anzarike, I've got two guys that can really get after you in terms of getting to the quarterback and have that quick first step 
and explosiveness. And I, I think if, if you paired these two up, they'd be great together. Anzarek, another Washington defensive player. Uh, they've had a pretty decent run in recent defensive tackles going in the first round. Vita Vea, of course, being the player that I'm referencing, has been a star for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 34, who do you got, Mel Kuyper? You know, Todd has been checking and studying his pronunciation guide very effectively this year. I'm very impressed, Todd. <laughs> Heck of a job. Of oh, you're my, you're my guy. You got it down, Pat, boy. You're you are studying that pronunciation guide very well. I'm going to go with – I'm not going to wait any longer because Todd will be screaming. I'm waiting on guys I don't need to take, but I'll take Travis Etienne running back Clemson. I'm gonna, you know, you didn't take him. You didn't team him up with Trevor Lawrence. You went with Najee Harris. I'll take Travis Etienne. Draws comparisons to Alvin Kamara. I'm not really seeing that. But I think his explosiveness, uh, catching the football as well, dual threat running back who can hit that game-breaking uh, long run, that home run uh, uh, type hitter at the running back spot. Uh, he can go 70 yards in a blink. I'll take Travis Etienne. Yeah, Travis, I'm surprised, though. You could have held out, right? You know Todd's already yeah, got but a I don't, back, I don't so. want to make it too crazy. Well, he still has to take a quarterback. Of course. Yeah, so you figure if you've already got your quarterback waiting in the saddle, you might as well do the same with I'm your just doing back. this for Todd's benefit only, Phil. This, this is all for a mixed day. I love it. You're being a team player here. At 35, Todd, who do you got? I need a center. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've got a guard. I've got two tackles. I'm going with Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma. And if you go back and study his 2018 tape, when there were four other offensive linemen around him that all got drafted, he, was, he probably was the best of that group. His second year in 2019, he didn't play as well. He just, you know, the, maybe the motivation wasn't there, whatever it is. He just, he struggled. But this past year, he was back to close to what the level was back in 2018. So I, I love he's a big boy. He's physical. He's strong. He's a finisher. And he's coached by one of the best offensive line coaches in the country at Oklahoma. I think this guy is a plug-and-play starter right away. All right, Mel, pick number 36. Then we go offensive line. Todd kicked uh, Liam Eikenberg inside to guard. I'm going to do the same thing with Samuel Cosme from Texas. A uh, guy doesn't have the length necessarily to be a tackle. Could be probably more of a guard. I'll put, put him in at right guard. I'll go Samuel Cosme from Texas. Again, finishes out my offensive line. Now I got Darisol, the Slater. I got Cosme with Vera Tucker, and I got Landon Dickerson anchoring things up front. Boy, I got, I got an offensive line that will not only blow you off the ball and open up running room for ATN. They'll pass protect as well against Todd's guys and give uh, my quarterback, yet to be determined, uh, plenty of time to throw. My quarterback <laughs> may not need a lot of time because he can, he can scoot, okay? All right, so what do you got here at 37 then, uh, Todd? I need to fill, fill out the offensive line, so I'm going Quinn Miners from the yes. small school level. This guy, he was awesome at the Senior Bowl, dominant in tape that I studied, not this past year because, it, you know, playing in Division III, uh, Wisconsin-Whitewater, he, he wasn't able to play. Uh, but in 2019, he was so dominant on tape. It took like five or six plays to figure out who the, who the offensive lineman was without even knowing his jersey number. That's how good he was. So – and you just see the energy that he brings, the excitement that he brings to the game. So now I've got I've got a complete offensive line to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he's a guy that seemed seemingly has risen during the pre-draft process. So Mel, how about you? Pick number thirty-eight. We close in the final few selections here. This is a pass rush league. This is what you need. You got to finish games. You got to close out games. Man, you got to get after the quarterback. And I got guys all over the place from Quiddy Pay to uh, Jalen Phillips to now my pick here, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. Got it off the edge, can get after you. 
you know, fierce guy coming off the edge, can play up or down like that. Like I said, my trend here, what I've been trying to do, there's method to the badness, is get versatile guys to give me a, a defense that I can go 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three with. I can be multiple defensively with. I got a lot of guys can wear a lot of hats, a lot of chess pieces I can move around on defense. And Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma is a guy who can certainly get after the quarterback. And I got Phillips and I got A. Good luck trying to pass protect with Trevor Lawrence against my guys. All it's right. definitely madness. I'll give you that, Craig. No doubt. How about you, Todd, here? We're, I know I can think I know for sure we haven't had a second quarterback go off the board. That's Mel. And then no tight end off the board yet for Todd. So what do you got here at number 39? Yeah, I, I need a safety. You know, Kuiper got the, the top two safeties. I'll give him that. But I'm, I'm going with Andre Sisco from Syracuse, mm-hmm. who's I think underrated in this year's class. He's a he's a bigger guy. He can he can cover in the top end. He also will support the run. He's a complete player, and I think a team, whether it's late in the second round, early in the third round, is going to wind up getting a really good value with Cisco. Well, he creates his narratives, doesn't he, Field? He's really great at this, McShay. He, uh, he mentions all the guys now. that I have that might be a little banged up. He goes to a Rondre Cisco scouting report, doesn't mention anything about an injury. Yeah, it's okay. A torn ACL, right? It's I missed that. I missed that, Mel. I mean, you're giving me grief, but I, I – but he glosses over things with his guys, which is fine. I yeah. get it. I'm gonna. Get, I'm just saying. I'm be, trying to build confidence with my group. I I feel I feel I need a guy up front who could be a three technique. Yep. He could be a three four end. He's another guy. And I I love his pass rush, and I love the fact that there were games where you watched this kid, and he was the best player on the field, which you would want to have happen uh, in this situation. Playing at Louisiana Tech, I'm going to go Milton Williams. McShale called a reach. I just reach. called him a football player. Reach. Hey, hey Gregory Rousseau. No, you can take. Hey, you, listen, I, I, I love when I love when you Greg take fourth Rousseau. rounders. I love hey. when you take fourth rounders in the second round. I love well, you that. took the second rounder at Rousseau and you put him in the first. So I mean, come oh, on. Please. So I didn't. I wasn't complaining about your reaches then, but you know, here we're late. In the, I want a versatile guy over 280 pounds now. And one thing about this kid: great motor and great production, and he can play inside or out. I love Milton Williams. Another guy who had a great, crazy great pro day. Again, that seems to be one of the themes of this pre-draft process. So we're down to our final four picks here, Todd. What's left for you? Yeah, I need a tight end. You know, there's there's only one elite tight end in this class, and Mel got him at the, the number two overall pick, Kyle Pitts from Florida. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take Pat Fryermuth from, from Penn State. And listen, he he's not the matchup piece that, that Pitts is in terms of flexing him out and using him out wide. But he is a, he's a good athlete. He's got really good size. He can protect really well. Strong blocker is an inline guy. He's going to be a wide tight end. And he also is really good at using his body to shield defenders. So he's not going to get me a lot of, you know, 15-yard per catch averages in games, but he's going to be a consistent middle-of-the-field pass catcher. Fun player to watch. I can say that because he went to the same high school as my wife, and we used to watch him back in the day when he was dominating other Massachusetts high school football players. Yeah, he was (laughs) a star on the Massachusetts gridiron. All right, final three picks here. Mel, who do you got? There's some size up front on my defensive line. Got a lot of pass rushers. McShay's going to say I can run right at you. I need some size. I got Milton Williams now at 280-plus pounds. I got to go with Davion Nixon from Iowa. When I watched him number 54 this year, he was disruptive. He had interception. He was running like a tight end all the way for a touchdown. This is a kid who had the one year of great production. I'd like to see two, but I'm going to roll the dice and we can build on what we just saw this past year with Davion Nixon, keep him focused on the job at hand, keep improving technically, and Davion Nixon has a skill set to be a disruptor inside. I'll go Davion Nixon, defensive tackle, Iowa. All right, We're so going to plow through your interior. 
<laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, you guys take your best shot, Naji. Uh, and Todd, your final picks make it count here. I need another safety. It's the last position left. Javon Holland from that's Oregon. That's the guy. Field. That's the safety. I didn't want him to pick. Oh, interesting. Yep. I got yeah. him. I, listen, he. There were a lot of people talking about him as a first rounder coming into the year. Yeah. Merrig from uh, from TCU had a better season. I thought his tape was better coming into the, into the year as well. But uh, but Holland is athletic. He's fluid. And he's, he's that final piece that I need opposite Cisco and with the two best corners in this class and J.C. Horn, the press fan guy, and with Patrick Sertan from Alabama on the other side. I mean, Kype, you got some weapons. I'll give that to you. But there's – I mean, you just you can't work over the secondary. This might be one of your best picks in a draft because you saw the great receiving entities I have and you needed a guy – And I also knew, kind of like you did with quarterback, I knew you had taken your safeties early, so I waited. Right. Right. This is a kid. This kid, Holland Field, had five interceptions senior in high school, five interceptions freshman year at Oregon in 2018, four interceptions 2019. He had 15.3 average on punt returns in 2019. He was a, a, a receiver in high school at 12 catches. He's a Canadian kid, born in Canada, went to school in California. His father played the CFL, born in Canada, raised up in California. This is a kid who can give you, Todd, slot corner, safety. He's another guy you can move. I think he'd be a corner. Uh, you know, he's six foot and a half, about 207, ran 445. This is this will be based on the same team that I put together. This may be one of your better picks. All right. So that leaves us with just one pick. And of course, we know Mel has yet to pick a quarterback. So big question mark is which quarterback comes off the board? It's got to be Zach Wilson, right? I'm going to go. You know, Zach's my seventh highest rated player. But my sixth highest rated player is Justin Fields, there my second <laughs> highest rated quarterback on the big board. I get the sixth highest rated player on my board, my second highest rated quarterback with the final pick in the draft. If that's not strategizing, I don't know what is, McShay. That's, that's how you handle a draft. Look at I, that, I'm just glad I have the number one player in, in the entire you class. Start, hey, hey my- Todd, you started out with Trevor. I ended it with Justin. They were 1-1A one one coming out of the prep ranks in Georgia. Is that not a perfect draft or what? It yeah, but he's three like, He's three or four now behind Zach Wilson. That's right. He does feel like it Who feels like these two players just cannot be anything other than linked at all who, times. Who beat him in a one-on-one situation? That's right. So for those that may be checking Sorry out the video, you can see the entirety of these rosters. Maybe there's a way for us to get that image clip that we can potentially post it on social for those that are interested in these two super teams. That wraps up our super team <laughs> draft 44 players in total, 22 starters. On I got a question before we go, Field. What do you got, Mel? Who is the highest rated player you've not picked in this draft for Todd McShane? I'll give you mine. Well, I would oh, ask so maybe non-quarterback condition, right? Because I would think it's Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, Zach Wilson. Let's, let's, say let's go non-quarterback. Okay, non-quarterback. Yeah, that's not fair to say quarterback, right? Yeah. What do you think, uh, Todd? It might be Elijah Moore, the wide uh, receiver from Ole Miss. We didn't even prep this. That was my guy. Is that and He right? knows that's my guy. Yeah. And he knows Elijah Moore. Yeah, it's your guy, but you never put he him in your mock first round. So, I, I mean, now he's my guy. So he I took him. Purposely. I, I, I took him. Beautifully, Todd. You got to admit that. It speaks yep. to the fate. Yeah, I'm taking Elijah Moore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Todd. Here you go. Yeah, softball. Yeah, it speaks to yeah, the uh, depth of this wide receiver. Elijah Moore will be a heck of a second round pick. And guess what? I think in my mock, I'm going to put him right there. Mock, mock, by the way, mock 4.0 is out Tuesday, April 13th. You'll be with Can't me wait. all day, Todd, on the Tuesday field. You'll probably be involved in that. I'm going to have Elijah Moore somewhere around the 20th pick of round one. 
I love it. He's a super nifty player. He just crushed it this past year at Ole Miss. Yeah. He is an absolutely uncoverable slot presence. So that does it for our top 44 picks. Check out the entirety of it. Again, we'll try to find a way to clip that graphic so you can see how these two teams ended up. And you can also find the article, the written piece that accompanies this draft on ESPN.com later today on Tuesday. We're back next week with a Mel 4.0 mock draft. We'll figure out where Eli Moore winds up, plus all the great content from these two guys. For the great Todd McShay, and also, of course, the great Mel Kuyper Jr. The very average. I'm the very average. We'll talk to you guys next week.